that's yeah though find the market evaluate the market find problems within the market brainstorm solutions evaluate solutions profit you you could say this is obvious but there are different ways of doing it right <laughs> this is just one approach but um, it's a very solid approach and for example scratching your own itch is a completely different story and but actually a lot of the most popular strategies for finding product ideas, startup ideas, SaaS ideas actually fit into the structure, I would say. And let's start at the, not at the end, but it would be cool. <laughs> no, start at the beginning, finding mm. markets. And you have some cool ideas. And I also added a few. So one idea you put in there is follow the traffic, build backwards from that. Yeah. Um, most startups that I've worked at before, their main channels were both the sales, obviously, and then organic traffic. But it was like the sales kind of what they learned from that funneled into building things around organic traffic. And so seeing that behind the scenes gave me the idea that like, there's probably a lot more into this than just like what you on the search results. There was a lot of thought, a lot of time, a lot of process, a lot of people behind that. And so why not look at that? have some sort of have like basic SEO skills. And then that will be the starting point um, for finding ideas because it's, they, they, mu they must have invested something into this. Let me dig a little bit deeper into that. Interesting. So how would you do that? What's, what is step one? Follow the traffic. So what, what I like to do is I do, so from the courses that, that I put out, so talking about like just a list of markets and then just putting them into search results, just browsing to see um, where else they show up. And then starting to find out all the other competitors that are also within the space too. And then finding out what kind of traffic they are pulling. So using sort of third-party sources or even using Google ads, the keyword planner, just to get a rough idea of the number of people searching for the solutions, sorry, the keywords that these um, particular websites are ranking for. And then I go, so then I find the sort of low-hanging fruits amongst that. And then if there is something within there, then I do some sort of search on Google as well for those low hanging fruit keywords are ranking for. And if there's an opportunity for me to go in there by, you know, competing in, in, in terms of better content or making maybe a free feature or something like that, then to me, that's, that to me is like, like the building backwards. That's where I can start. And it's just like, okay, cool. As a solo person, I don't have the full resources to deploy capital to hire and all that stuff. So I'm going to start at this one very specific point and then land hedge and then grow from there. Yeah, 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 exactly. You, you skipped, <laughs> you skipped ahead. Yeah. But step one um, is you have different lists that you like to use, right? And one is opensecrets.org slash industries. I saw that you linked to it. And yeah, this is just a huge list of different industries like marine transport, motion picture production, payday lenders, right? All these different industries. And there's a, a different one. I also saw you using Ibis World dot um, com slash list of industries right this is like the the first step and you pick whatever sparks your interest and then you put the term into google right and it's just trying to get a feel for what's going on at this point and i also saw you recommending like trying different questions what and how and these kind of things <laughs> And there is this amazing tool called Answer the Public. Yeah, I think they are doing something similar. It's just the same thing, but automated. So they pull in the results. You enter a search term and they append and prepend all these 
question modifiers and then you get like an overview immediately. Okay, this is this is step one. And 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 then you look at the companies or at the research results, what they are doing. Yeah. So I look at the results. Yeah, I look at the companies um, who are in the space. What is it that they're doing? How big are the teams? Do they have a lot of features that I can compete with and then build for? And then yeah, that it's just it's a lot of it's a lot of browsing and looking and getting a feel for and seeing what's out there. And then how do you actually find like problems, like niche problems? Let's let's stick to 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 <laughs> like micro SaaS opportunities because I know that a lot of people are struggling with that. Anyone can right. look at the list and then find an industry, but how do you actually get in into it? How do you actually find problems worth solving? And one strategy you mentioned is looking at job descriptions right that's right yeah that one's the that one's the biggest one because they are literally giving you a list of problems to solve right like people hire people or like companies hire people to solve problems and so like in within the job descriptions it would tell you the requirements of the job and what you need to actually do and then it's from within there that you could start to see the specific problems that either industry agnostic or maybe even industry specific the problem the problems that, that are appearing within these sort of job descriptions and i just look at that right and then if there's like certain keywords within there that look interesting that are like specific to describing a problem then i put that into google too and then i just add in management software that's my favorite sort of keyword to tack on to those and it's just there's so many and then that's how you narrow down what what a solution or like a, maybe even a micro SaaS solution might be just from doing that process over and over again. Like it's not going to give you the exact problem like right from the get-go, but it's just a sort of way to sort of look at it as you search. Yeah. For example, you always have these responsibilities or whatever listed and it, it really stays spelling out what is the job. And this is how right. you, yeah, you can find out, okay, your task will be license management whatever and okay yeah what's after are they using for that and this is how you find how you dig deeper pardon sorry i, I missed that no I, i was just saying that makes sense you're looking at yeah. the responsibilities and then you dig deeper right. depending on if there's a list of tasks or what this kind of a person in this role would have to do and yeah then you then you dig deeper but i think another option you also mentioned this is looking at the features right mm -hmm. so because yeah we're talking about microsoft so unbundling one of the features could be an opportunity because this is what happens in any industry that solutions get bloated over time and right. the cool thing is you can just look at the pricing pages and they have these different <laughs> tiers usually yeah and you can then see okay yeah <laughs> what is this and maybe um this I, i can turn this into a standalone solutions this is a way of approaching this that's right yeah that's how it goes yeah <laughs> you look at the pricing page and you see what's there <laughs> so yeah but let's take a step back because i think there are lots of cool ways how you can actually find markets and niches because you you have you mentioned like these static lists and this mm -hmm. is of course a solid place to start but there are also yeah alternatives obviously and for example what i think makes a lot of sense is looking at new industries obviously emerging industries because in there you can probably find low-hanging fruit much much easier then um, in an industry that has been around for decades, it's going to be a lot more competitive and right. it, it will be much harder to find, yeah, tiny, even tiny niches you can fill. Whereas if there is a, a hot new industry that's exploding right now, 
yeah, <laughs> it's probably smart to do the same process, but here. And yeah, like not, no problems will be, not all problems will be solved just because it is a new industry and everybody's sort of just excited about getting, getting their foot into it that like they might overlook the typical problems that might come up and then you can tailor a micro solution to that, if anything. Yeah. And I think another advantage really is that it's much easier to get into conversations with decision makers, whereas in these very established industries, it can be tough if you're just a random dude (laughs) without any credentials. But yeah, we all know this from crypto. You can reach out to, to, to almost anyone and people are happy to talk and right. freely share the problems they are struggling with. And I guess this is true in almost any new industry because yeah, it's all new, exciting. People are, are happy to share and right. everyone is various. It's, it's not as much a zero-sum game, at least uh, a perceived zero-sum game as in these old industries. And yeah, I think there are different ways um, how you can find these new emerging industries. And you have a very cool YouTube video that I would just watch today where you look at AngelList job. And this is obviously a very smart place to look for it because you have all these startups, but only successful startups, um, or at least so successful that they have enough money to hire people. So it's not just ideas, but actually money. And yeah, they have descriptions, right? They tell you what they are doing and you can find tons of new markets and industries if you just spend a few minutes and in a startup job board, like, yeah. You, you just, this is like a side, but like, you just reminded me of that video. I remember I, I just woke up and I was like, well, I'm going to record a video, but yeah, totally looking at, looking at AngelList, like that's probably like the best place to look for new emerging things. Cause like VCs are throwing money at sort of new things, trying to catch the wave. Yeah. Looking there and just searching there and seeing the kind of problems. It's a very simple, that's where the idea for looking on Indeed came from too, because it's the same idea. It's just looking at job descriptions and responsibilities and that's, yeah. I think it's a treasure trove as well. Agreed. Yeah. And it's funny because when you, when you, when you wrote down in the dark, follow the traffic, I thought of something completely different. And this is what I wrote down because there are these top traffic lists. Alexa had a big one, but they are closing down now, but there are different ones. Majestic million is another one. And there are a few and. I think, or I, I, I just tested it like today. If you just go into this list with, with a million websites or whatever, and go just scroll into different places, like who's at position 10,000, who's at position 50,000 or whatever. And yeah, you find surprising. <laughs> you find surprising websites that get a lot of traffic. And right. this, I think, is another way how you can find um, under the radar opportunities, niches, new markets. And then one step beyond that, because this is what something I just discovered for myself, it's maybe a bit trivial, but I think it's magic, is then once you have a website like this, looking at, at the keywords they are ranking for, right? And I did this for a startup story recently, mm-hmm. and I found out that 50% of their traffic is coming from name keywords, like people looking for how to name a boutique, a fashion brand names absolutely crazy i never would have guessed but it's huge it's it's huge there are so many keywords with solid uh, traffic and yeah pat is now making i don't know 50k a month from his site <laughs> so it's clearly crazy. working wow yeah you can kind of uncover what you didn't think top sites were ranking for 
And then that can give you some sort of inspiration. Hey, okay, maybe there's an opportunity out there for me for, for getting myself ranked as well. Yeah. yeah. And exactly because, for example, for Pat, this is his side is not laser focused, right? His, his side is more on telling these entrepreneurial stories. And I guess you then just stumbled upon this. And I, I bet if you now go all in, you can get a piece of the cake pretty much and you can build best, better solutions quickly. And this is a, one way to think about it. So what is your favorite tool to do this kind of research? Um, for example, looking at websites, what they are ranking for, because I know there are many and some are very expensive, but I'm, I'm always curious what other people are. Yeah, the most popular one, and I think you probably heard this around a lot, is Ahrefs. They have an incredible database of keywords and ranking and all that good stuff. It's funny, it's funny you mentioned that because like I'm actually trying to build something similar to that. <laughs> and it's like going up against these incumbents. But hopefully one day I can say, what's your favorite tool? It's like my tool. Ahrefs is, I think, the best one out there for doing this kind of research. Although it is a little hefty in price, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's a bit expensive. I think 79 or something is now the lowest here. Mm -hmm. There is a cheaper alternative called Keywords Everywhere. And yes. it's a bit hidden, but they also have this feature where you can go on a website and then click on a button and you get like the keywords they're ranking for. It's not as accurate as Ahrefs, but much, much cheaper. Mm -hmm. And you, you only pay as you go, <laughs> which is also cool. Like you buy credits. And then you only pay what you really use. And it's also a, a good alternative, I would say. I think I agree with that. There's a Chrome extension and everything. The opportunity, um, ideas do we have for finding markets and uh, other stuff I wrote down is follow the money, right? Looking at who's spending money <laughs> on ads. And this is obviously related to what you're um, describing because you're, when you're just Googling for an industry, you're not finding the organic results, but also the ads. And this is oftentimes more interesting mm -hmm. because you know these are the companies that are making real money if they can afford to to spend here and for example if you it's the same on amazon right if you want to do some research on amazon and you type in some keyword and then you look at the ads because you know these products are doing really well because if it's just some random book you actually don't know if this guy makes any money but if he can afford to to have his ad very at the very top okay there is something going on so uh, let's look into it Yeah, totally. Uh, and another way to look at it too is like ads is it's tied to somebody's KPI, right? <laughs> like they have to make a sale and that's the reason why they're doing this. And so somebody out there is expect is expecting a return from something like this. Either they're doing research and you can kind of follow them along a little bit longer to see if they survive <laughs> or it's something like you said, it's like already working. It's working really well. Is there something in there that I can emulate on the smaller? It's, it's, a, it's a complete tangent, but I really want to know how much money Monday.com is spending on ads. Every day I'm seeing a hundred, a hundred of their ads on YouTube. It's so crazy. They, they must be burning through millions. I think I saw somewhere either on LinkedIn or I forget. It was like a community. Somebody was analyzing them and like working backwards from what, what, what their potential ad spend looks like versus a bootstrapped solution to it. And I think if they were looking at it from a, from our margin perspective, Monday wasn't doing as well. I think I, I just remember it generally speaking, it's a bootstrap one's like doing pretty well, but yeah, Monday, Monday is like the prime example. I was like, you see it everywhere. Yeah. There must be so much money in CRM. It's really crazy. And another, I think, interesting metric is also related. It's like the number of jobs. And we already talked about this, but yeah, if there are lots of job posts in a particular 
industry, this is telling, okay, there's a lot of money. And I have a very niche example of this because we are doing this Twitter ghostwriting productized service. And I did some research on Upwork, obviously. So because yeah, I, I logged in as a freelancer just to see what people are looking for. And it turned out that really 50% of companies looking for ghostwriters are crypto companies. Absolutely insane. Interesting. Wow. That, no, that's a really good one too. So yeah, I might steal that idea of <laughs> posing as a person, as a freelancer, to see what is actually out there. And the magic is you can actually get into these conversations with decision makers. So an, another related example is that they, as I mentioned, do these data products. And mm. you can look at what kind of scraping jobs are people reposting, right? And oh. then you get into conversation with these people and they tell you what they're actually looking for. <laughs> and then you can productize it if it makes sense. <laughs> and you can do this with any upper category, writing, scraping, just two examples I looked into recently because it's my kind of thing, but... Oh, that's brilliant. And uh, some, something I put in there, Rapid API, it was, it was uh, the, a buddy of mine brought it to my attention that like some people are raking in the money in this thing. And API, uh, Rapid API, they have like the marketplace already ready there for you. Um, it's just up to you to build the API. They'll take their cut, but like you can consider that as a marketing cut. But then the question is, what data set do you want do you want to put an API on top of and then sell? Like what you're saying is like <laughs> you do the scraping stuff and you can hear exactly what it is that people want and what they're looking for. And then boom, that becomes like a product, a product idea for you. That's brilliant. Wow. So the final idea I had for finding markets is follow the funding, which I think makes also a lot of sense because as we already talked about, VCs spend a lot of time evaluating industries, looking at the data, it's their job. Yeah, you can just piggyback. If you follow the funding news, you can also where the energy, where the money is going and then dive in deeper. What other, what other problems are there? Get into these conversations, reach out to the founders. Hey, cool what you're doing. Let's hop on a call. And you, you'd be surprised how often they say yes. So especially if it's, yeah, they are startup founders, right? They are young guys like us. And I think that's another method. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a great one. I remember I was looking at, there was a site that was, how do I say, it was like like a database of all the YC companies that are both alive or that that were there previously or like that shut down. And it was just a database and you could just like press right and it would just give you the next random one. And that that is a way of following the funding. Yeah. You like put them into like very very digestible ways of saying how to look for ideas, follow the funding, follow the money, follow the ads. It's great. Yeah. Like I said, this is <laughs> from my background. It's almost, yeah, it's compulsive behavior <laughs> for me. I need to organize and put stuff into boxes, rearrange these boxes on, until it makes sense, at least for me. And right. this is why I like to think in terms of frameworks and yeah, big picture overview, whatever, <laughs> but it's also fun. Okay. So like next step is obviously evaluating market, right? How do you actually figure out if it makes sense to look deeper into this market? And of course, we already touched upon this, right? Like we said, when the money is flowing into theirs, but or whatever, that's a good signal. But one cool example I was reminded of is what is was Rob Walling has in his book, um, Start Small. And he has a very specific recommendation, which is you should look at the prices in magazines in this niche. And if you can buy a full page ad in a magazine target at your market for less than $5,000, 
it's a great market for micropreneurs and bootstrappers. I think that's an interesting, very actionable tactic. Yeah, because the magazine itself knows who they're targeting. Exactly. And at the same time, it's the same um, trick again that, yeah, ad spend tells you a lot about revenue, size of market, these kind of profit right. margins. Right. So I think that's one smart strategy. And the second criterion he has, is there an inexpensive way to reach the market? And this is also, yeah, underappreciated, I think, but we should all do it more. Like we, it's so easy to, nowadays to just hack together an MVP, whatever, without mm. thinking first and really having a go-to-market strategy. There are all these memes about founders. Yeah, the, the whole go-to-market strategy is posting the, the, the link on Product Hunt and, and praying and afterward the the trough of sorrow comes and yeah most most die because they they have no other plans so looking at yeah developing like a go-to-market strategy and seeing if you can actually afford it and right. this right. ties into the same thing what it actually costs to book an ad here nowadays uh, probably we could replace magazines with newsletters so you look at what, what are the rates for newsletter ads it's not so easy or it, it, it's a bit of work to get this data because there it's not like public there's not like a catalog and even the few catalogs which are there are not complete but you, you just have to reach out to people hey i'm interested in buying an ad in your newsletter what's the current price right and then right. they tell you and then you can figure out okay this is how i could grow or not <laughs> this is too expensive right yeah yeah that, that's one of your products right like newsletter spy i think that was yeah, but unfortunately, I don't have like data on sponsor ah. prices because gotcha. yeah, it's a very fragmented market, right? It's gotcha. not like in an app store or wherever where everyone put, puts in their info. But yeah, everyone has their own website and <laughs> there is no structure and you can't scrape it in a reli reliable way. But right. yeah, honestly, I think this is, this is great <laughs> in a sense because it means the market is very inefficient. And this means you can find incredible opportunities with newsletter ads. Whereas, for right. example, Facebook ads and Google ads are so efficient, you, you can't find like hidden gems there. It's so dumb. Like the valuable keywords have a very high cost per click. And right. this is simply not true with newsletters. And you can really find under, underpriced ad slots. Yeah. I, I, just, I was just writing down something that you just said, like hidden gems lie in inefficiencies, right? That's the follow the inefficiencies. <laughs> Yeah. So what is the next step? Because I think that um, sufficient, right? And mm -hmm. obviously this is not science. Um, this is art. Ultimately, you need to trust your gut and just go with it and see what, how the market responds. But yeah, at least having a plan is, is a smart idea. But ultimately, yeah, you just have to look at, the, at these, data, these kind of data points. What does a newsletter ad cost and, or magazine, <laughs> if you're old school? And then you have to just move forward. But now, let's say we, we identified five or so cool industries. And what do we do next? How do we actually dive in deeper? How do we find cool problems to solve? And one example we already talked about is like job descriptions, which obviously is a very cool method and do you have any other favorite methods and yeah i think i just remember you put in another one right one star ratings yeah once that comes from build, building on top of the shopify app store and that one's cool because like, you can see 
what uh, people are complaining about. And then if I'm to follow your framework of follow the star, I would, I would box that into following the conversation, especially on places where it's already hosted on somewhere big. So for example, like the Shopify uh, app store, right? There's the stars there. And then what, what I also, going back to the Rob Walling thing of finding an inexpensive way to reach them. One thing that I'm, that interested me about the Shopify app store is that they, one, they have the app store and the prices are all there. And then two is they also have a help, they have the help. And so if you were to dig deep into the help forums and find out what people are complaining about, look for threads that have been going on for years for maybe a feature or a product that hasn't been implemented, there might be an opportunity uh, there for you. So it's just it's like measure twice and then you'll know that it, there's a high probability of working. Like you said, it's, it's not science, it's an art, um, but you try to gather as much data as you can based off of what people are complaining about and and then just launching it to them. And so if you had, so with the Shopify app store, if there's a forum and people are talking about it, boom, that's your inexpensive way to reach them. You just comment on the thread and then suddenly everybody on the thread gets notified of it. And then it has also the added benefit of SEO, right? Because that particular question is getting ranked on forums or help support.shopify.com, which has an incredibly high domain authority. And you're going to be getting people not only from Google, but, but not only from the Shopify app store, but from Google itself too. Yeah. It's, I, I, I think my preferred way is like gathering as much data as possible. And then like increasing that confidence in if I launch it, some, if I launch it in a place where there will be eyeballs, will it stick? And I feel like if you do it enough times, it just becomes like, you, you can start to spot things that, that, that have a high probability of sticking. Yeah. You have to develop like the, the, the taste, the product taste. And I actually just read a bunch of amazing blog posts by Cedric, Cedric Chin, Common Cork is this website. And he analyzed these different frameworks for validating or evaluating product ideas. And yeah, a lot of it, like the, his, his conclusion is that a lot of it boils down to taste. That's great. Because, and yeah, this is something you have to learn through experience. And the, the famous examples are working backwards from Amazon, where they actually start new pro product projects by writing the press release and the FHQ and right. then they iterate from there and there are always like experienced people in there who critique it and they this is good enough this is not good enough right until like this press release and FHQ is convincing enough and the other are brain trust it's called from Pixar where you're mm -hmm. pitching um, pitching the idea to this yeah, brain trust. And the third one is the Apple process. And I actually forgot the name. I got to look it up. Have you heard of that one? From Apple? Yeah, well, how, how Apple validates product ideas. Ah, um, because that. Amazon has working back, Pixar has brain, brain trust and App, Apple has creative selection. You iterate on demos and present these demos to a hierarchy of product leaders. And then, yeah, you need to prove yourself in these meetings um, that you have good taste. On, otherwise, you will not be invited again. And it's interesting that all these big companies obviously have a lot of experience shipping products ended up in the same place, which is, yeah, these forming people of people, groups of people who have good taste. And this is what it boils down for them. It's interesting. And obviously there is like the, 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 the other, which is lean startups, where you just ship it, put it out there and see what happens. And then you iterate by talking um, to customers. But yeah, this is 
oftentimes not possible. And also there is a taste component here where you, because there, even if it's quick, you don't have enough time to, to launch all your ideas. <laughs> yeah, this is an amazing blog post. It's titled product validation frameworks are mostly useless without taste on commoncock.com. So this is amazing. And yeah. I'm just, and yeah, another thing that came to mind is because you mentioned like the Shopify app store, which is obviously amazing, but there are also, let's not forget Captera, right? <laughs> which is also a gold mine for this very same reasons. You can look at like the like popular products one star uh, with one star ratings and just read what people are complaining about. And it's not that easy, but you need to spend a few hours. But if you do it, um, you can actually find cool stuff, I think, um, by doing that. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of gem hunting, a lot of gem hunting. You just have to be willing to, to dig through a, a lot of information. Yeah. yeah. And I just remember that a friend, David, I recorded an episode with a few weeks ago told me about this because he's running a um, successful startup in the edutech um, industry. And obviously there's, there's, there are also ads on Captera, right? Or like the rent ranking depends on how much you actually pay. Mm -hmm. And you can actually get this data, right? Because you, if you're a startup, you, you have to know what you have to pay to get to this position. And this is, what is super interesting is that this is super detailed because it depends on the country. So you not just can look at, okay, this industry cost per click currently, but also what is it like in this particular country? And right. I think that's fascinating because yeah, you can obviously then build like the same software and export it to a different market to make it specifically for Germany or for Argentina or whatever. And that right. could also be possible if i'm actually not sure how easy it is uh, to get this data but it sounded that obviously if you're if you have a, a, an account on captara and you're buying ads you you have to get them. so it, it i think it's possible and this right. is what he told me it's uh, possible to export it and sort through it because you can you then need to develop like a bidding strategy but we can also flip this around and just use it for market research yeah it's very similar to that uh, upwork idea of just going in there and posing yeah. as as one um, and then seeing what it is that uh, they give you. And this is like the the, the one angle or the, the two angles we talked about, one-star reviews and ad spend, ad pricing. But and this, uh, the other message you mentioned is searching for problems. And you mentioned the Shopify and there, I actually, it's, it's funny, I have a list of key phrases because I tested this a, a while ago. And there are these key phrases, if you Google for them, and then you can just, on Google, you can just um, specify like site and then right. help uh, whatever Shopify or the Rolex forum or whatever your niche is. And then you just uh, put in there, I hate, this sucks. The worst thing about, is there some way to, how can I automate? And depending on the niche, they, some of them work better than others, but it's a funny example, but I, I think I actually found some good stuff on the Rolex forum. Do you remember what you did find? Cause that one's like, that one's like completely. I, yeah. It, it were a very niche problem. So I can't remember like one obvious problem is that it's, and I just learned this then is that it's actually hard to buy Rolex and you can't just go into the store. And it's the same with Ferraris, for example, right? You can't just buy the best no matter how much money you have, 
because the way it works that you need to start like with a, with a, with a, with the cheaper models and then buy a few of them and then slowly move up the hierarchy and I, I only know that this is true for Rolex and Ferrari, but I bet it's true for lots of luxury brands. It's not true, for example, for Lambos, right? This is why a lot of new new money people buying Lambos. Um, yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. It's like, it's like, it's also it's, it reminds me of the Apple like taste taste. Yeah, yeah, know. exactly. That you're worthy <laughs> of of driving this or wearing this, and if any kid can buy it, it's no longer as valuable. So, and they have enough demand or this is how they drive up demand and they just increase the prices to make it work. So I think that's a smart strategy. That's fascinating. So another cool message you mentioned in the doc we have here is Excel, what they are using Excel for method. This one just comes from talking to, let's say people that you work with and then just seeing what the Excel sheets that they're using are all about and what they're for and what they're trying to manage. I feel like that's a goldmine of, of, of an idea that you could, uh, that you could build. But I also recently discovered this way of similar to how you did those search terms for forms for particular brands, you could do the same thing, but for Google docs, and then you could just do like, maybe the keyword is like management or something like that but yeah or like planning or whatever a lot, some people leave the settings off for like privacy and so that and then google just indexes it and then there's opportunities there you can see what these templates are sometimes people make templates and they, they make templates for free there might be opportunities there as well for finding for finding something that you could build based off of these excel templates that are just all out there and it's just a matter of browsing and looking and then again the taste i love that that's amazing and it's just evaluating there, going through the framework, seeing what could work, what couldn't work, who you can get it out to. Yeah, yeah I, I love that because it's, I was just about to say, so I love the strategy and it obviously works. There are many um, examples of companies um, that did it successfully, but it's actually hard to get this kind of information unless you're an insider. Obviously, if you're working in the industry, you see all the Google Docs and you can see, okay, this is where they still use an Excel or whatever. But yeah, it makes a lot of sense that you can just at least find some of these opportunities by Googling for public. And yeah, and then again, it, it probably never hurts to just reach out to the, the author and ask, hey, is this still what you're using and what other <laughs> stuff you have? I just found this and this could work. And just talking to people always works. And yeah, just two, I, I recently listened to an episode of Mixergy. I don't. And like startup stories or something like this, the podcast. Yeah, it's one of the uh, these old, but it's still going on, still going strong. And he had a guest who I'm looking it up right now. But if you just Google for Mixergy and spreadsheet, the title is another startup that replaced a spreadsheet. Jason Hirschman, the founder of Uncountable, which helps Andy scientist with comprehensive data, data management system, the whole team can work. And yeah, it's a fascinating example. And the episode is really great. And he just describes how he found the problem. And now it's a big deal. R&D scientists are using it instead of Google Sheets, which obviously is a big win because um, if you have more than three people in a Google Sheet, it's, it's it not fun. very, it gets, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, and actually, Steph Smith had a list of companies that started as spreadsheets. Nomad List is a good example. You need a budget, zero cater, Skyscanner, Flexible, wow. and Levels.fyi, actually. Yeah, and they, they are all now in the middle. These are big examples. That's wild, yeah. Really is. 
And okay, now we have the industry, we, we have ideas. Actually, yeah, we have problems and hopefully also some ideas for how to solve them. <laughs> I guess this is probably worth diving into it another time because there are these different product categories that we talked about and a SaaS is, all, is just one option. And I think it's all, also Rob Walling who has this model of the boobs, bootstrap stair or whatever where um, he describes like the typical progression where people usually start by building a plugin or a few plugins and only later go over to a real standalone source or something like that. And probably now that playbook has changed again and people start even with simpler stuff like just a no code, whatever, Gumroad, Airtable, Zapier kind of thing. Uh, or just an info product, right? This is also uh, the easiest way how can you can solve these problems is just write a tutorial. The easiest MVP is always just an article. And my favorite example of this is he did it a few times. He's, he's the master <laughs> and he actually coined the term. And he wrote about, obviously, Rome. He wrote about how he's using Rome research. And oh. then the blog post went viral and he built a course and yeah, actually was able to buy a house from the profits, which is wild. But the other yeah. example that he did, like these Kegel exercises for men, wrote a blog post that went viral on some sex forum for men or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> to last longer, house to last longer in bed for men. Yeah. yeah, it also went viral. And he then hired someone on Upwork or whatever, a freelancer to build the app. And it's, it's making yeah, a few thousand each month. So this is also cool. So, yeah, but yeah, um, I guess we can dive into <laughs> this another time, like these different product categories, because we are all over time almost. And, but this was great. I, I almost feel like we shouldn't release this. So we should let it out a bit more and then uh, sell it as a course. That's brilliant. <laughs> I feel like you shouldn't even release it. No, this is totally great. This is a lot of ideas went back and forth, analyzing what the what the what the what, what other people are thinking about there, like thinking in the community about this. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, um, and I guess we can do this again anytime. I really enjoyed it. And where can where can people find more? What's your website and where's your course? It's actually TomZaragoza.com. Yeah, that's probably the best place to see everything I'm working on. Twitter's. Uh, a random mix of just things launching and random conversations. So yeah, if there's anything that people are interested in seeing, TomZaragoza.com is probably the best place. Awesome. Okay. Start from there. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much.